Welcome to episode 195 of Preps Today with John Millay. That's John Millay talking. That's me. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you were paying attention, and I've heard from some people who paid attention, we took last week off. We did not have a podcast. I was a couple of time zones away on some vacation. So uh, we're going we're gonna to go back in time here a couple weeks to the Boys State Basketball Tournament. We're going to talk about spring sports, which are off to a slow start. We'll have this week's most valuable teammate and some other topics. Uh, my normal partner in crime here, Jim Suhan, is taking one for the team. He's at Augusta covering the Masters this week for the Star Tribune. And in Jim's absence, I'm happy to welcome back my friend Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. I also want to thank our producer, Brianne Burdett, and our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and Twin Cities Orthopedics. We'll hear more about them shortly. Jace, my friend, how are you doing on this cold and kind of wet April day? Hey, pretty good, John. Yeah, uh, Jim down in Augusta, I guess his loss is my gain here. Hey, there you go. Yeah, fill in. Let's go. Yeah, he, we may never hear his voice again. <laughs> That's right. Let's uh, let's let's stay away from the high school stuff for a second here, Jace, because you cover a lot of other things. Uh, let's start with the uh, women's final four. I know you were there, and I watched it out west. I know the starting time was late for people in the east, and maybe in this time zone out there it was early. The game started at six twenty p.m. And we learned uh, breaking news: uh, Saturday Night Live comes on at eight thirty p.m. in California, which uh, we got to bed early Saturday night out there. Um, but Connecticut, you know, that's the team that everybody here knows about because the Page Beckers they lost to South Carolina in the women's national championship game at Target Center. I read all the stuff about Page coming home to Minnesota, and I'm just wondering, Jace, how palpable was that? That support for Page? She's a Hopkins grad. You know, for just in town and at the games, can you can you sum that up for us? Yeah, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, like the fan bases for the other teams were pretty strong too. But there there certainly was a presence of more UConn fans than any other program. And I know UConn travels well anyway, but I think most most local supporters, I think were were rooting for UConn for the local connection, maybe because they watch Paige Speckers play in high school or they're just, you know, a, a fan of one of their own, which is about as Minnesota. That's like the Minnesota thing. Like if, they, if there's roots to this state, you have to cheer for them. It's part of the rules. Um, that's exactly right. <laughs> UConn, I would say they had a massive fan advantage in the semifinal against Stanford. Um, they have a much bigger supporting crowd. Um, South Carolina had a pretty strong attendance, so it wasn't maybe as one-sided as I thought for the final, but people were definitely excited that Paige is in town. I know like on our website, the stuff about Paige got a lot of, got read a lot. Um, and it's because, you know, everybody knows about her and, and I think everybody's had positive experiences with her and everybody's kind of pulling for her. Yeah, we, we came home, we flew home from San Francisco, Tuesday evening and, and the airport was pretty quiet. It was late at night, but boy, just all the women's final four stuff on the walls, the brackets and the signage. And I'm sure it was a fun time while everybody was here. Speaking of fun, uh, the Timberwolves, give us an update there, Jace. The regular season is nearly over and it's about playoff positioning. Where do the Wolves stand? And, and do you have any predictions on what, what'll happen here? Yeah. So they have two games left um, Thursday night hosting San Antonio and then Sunday hosting Chicago and 
they still have an outside chance of the sixth seed, um, which would mean they'd have to win their last two and Denver would have to lose their last two, which I maybe put like a five, 10% chance on at tops. Uh, but you never know. And then if they do not move up to six, that means they have to play in the play in tournament next week. And here's how that works for anybody who is still confused by it, which a lot of people are, they will play the eight seed, the Clippers probably like, let's just, it'll either be Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, and then if you win that game, you're in as the seven seed. If you lose that game, you play the winner of the nine, 10 game. Um, in one final game to see who's the eighth seed. So the Timberwolves, um, they will, if they beat the Clippers, that's great. They're in. If not, then they'll have another home game. They would have two home games at max before starting the actual playoffs in an actual seven game series. So a lot coming down, a lot on the line here, um, coming down over this next week or so. And it should be pretty fun. That's a good time of year. I, I did not have any knowledge of how that works. All I knew was there were play in games. Now I know now I'm, I'm ready to go. So let's go Wolves. Let's, uh, Let's get in there and do some good things. Meanwhile, let's go back a couple of weeks to the Boys State Basketball Tournament. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet, as I said, since we were off last week. You were there, Jace. I was there from stem to stern. I thought it was a fantastic tournament. And having it at Williams Arena, you know, it's it's kind of a new thing for the boys. It's been there before, but generally we've had it at Target Center. And I didn't hear anybody say anything negative about Williams Arena. It's certainly louder. It's certainly more a more compact atmosphere with those big crowds. What, what did you think of the, of the setting and the atmosphere? Uh, it's a better site. It just is. I, I understand that maybe there's some allure to players to like playing where the Timberwolves play, but frankly, like, yeah, as you mentioned, the atmosphere is so much better. It's so much more intimate. We've seen this from Gopher games in the past, and it was certainly present at boys basketball too. Like when it gets loud in there, it gets really loud. Um, and it's a lot of fun to be a part of that. It, uh, it's, I much prefer it. I remember like, target center games in the past, like quarterfinals and whatnot, where I would hear coaches talk to their assistant coaches about just how dead it felt, even when there was okay crowds. Um, it's just, it's such a big place. It's hard to fill it enough to like make you notice that. So I prefer Williams arena. We'll see what they do moving forward. Here. Yeah. I don't know. This was kind of a weird year. The Timberwolves had had two home games during that week. So it just really wasn't available. We had some games there on that Tuesday. I think we had six games the four uh, 4A games, a couple of 3As and everything at Williams. So I don't know what the future holds. I would guess that we may go back to the target center being the home, I think. And, and the one reason I heard for that, it's just easier to get crowds in and out. You know, um, Williams Arena is a pretty simple place. Um, I, I don't know that there were any issues this year, like with while the 3A championship game was going on, that there were any bottlenecks of 4A fans. I know people were up in the upper level, and that happens at Target Center too. But, yeah, I thought it was great. Let's run down uh, the results of that tournament. We had three first-time state champions, which is probably kind of rare. Uh, Annandale in 2A, Tochino Grace in 3A, and Park Center in 4A. And then Hayfield, they've now won back-to-back titles in Class 1A boys basketball. Congrats to all. And I've I've thought back to the stories I, I wrote there, and I'm not writing game stories. I'm not writing, you know, uh, the traditional game stories focusing on individuals or teams. But I, I'm, I'm looking for feel-good stories all the time. And two that stand out for me that I wrote, Jace, were about uh, Skip Dolan, the Annandale coach, and then the 1A team from Cherry. Uh, Skip's been coaching for 26 years. You know, this is a, this is an experienced coach. This guy's got eight grandkids. That's he's not a spring chicken. And he finally won a state championship. The first one in school history and in his 641st career game, 
couldn't be happier for Skip. And then the Cherry Tigers. Uh, I don't know if you saw much of 1A basketball, Jace, but this was kind of the team from nowhere that everybody cheered for. You know, a lot of people didn't know where Cherry is. I've never been to the school. It's I've driven past it. You can see it from the highway that I take when I'm when I'm when I'm up on the Iron Range as I come through Cloquet looking for Hibbing or Chisholm or something. I've made a vow to a couple of people from Cherry. I'm going to get up there at some point. But the team was young and small and hadn't been to state for 25 years. They got to the state semifinals in Class A. Some really talented kids. I think we're going to hear more from the Cherry Tigers uh, in the years to come. And then uh, another story I wrote, I wrote a piece about the De La Salle ties uh, during the games at Williams Arena. As we all know, Ben Johnson is the Gophers coach. His top assistant is Dave Thorson. And Ben played at De La Salle while Dave was the coach. And those two guys sat at courtside for a lot of the 4A and 3A games. And uh, after one of the De La Salle games, I just talked to the coach, Travis Bledsoe, who also played at De La Salle and some of the players about that. And it was kind of inspiring, I think, for those De La Salle kids to see one of their former players and the former coach uh, sitting in the positions there and now watching them. And you, you can read those stories and more in John's journal at mshsl.org. And I know, Jace, you were kind of in and out, in and out of the tournament because you, you do so many other things, but... I know you covered Tatino. Is that kind of what stands out for you, uh, seeing them win their first state championship? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that's a team with a lot of talent on it. Um, and you can oh, man, see no that yeah. currently, like current talent, talent coming up the line. Uh, they, that's I think that's a program that we're going to see there a lot. Um, and I know they beat in the section final, they beat Columbia Heights, who a lot of people felt might be the best team in the state regardless of class um, all season and Totino knocked them off in a really tightly contested section final. And uh, the, the Totino, I think is, yeah, like I said, they're going to be there a lot. I think at state and be a name that you see a lot more there. Now they haven't been known for basketball in the past. I think that's kind of changing. Um, and, the, and then, yeah, that final they played with Dila Sal was great as well. So a lot of three, really a had some really great basketball, certainly across all the classes, but just the, I, I the sheer, so. the sheer talent that Totino has was pretty remarkable. Yeah, they were they were a blast to watch and, and uh, good in the interview room too. And speaking of De La Salle and, and uh, Totino, okay, this is my first rant of the day. Every time a private school does well in athletics, pinheads and dopes on Twitter start barking. You know, that, posting things like every private school should be forced to play in the biggest class. I saw that a couple times during the state tournaments, which is dumb. You know, yeah, Totino, De La Salle. You, you know, these people know about the private schools that do well, but they have no idea about all the little private schools that they've never even heard about, you know, go to St. Cloud Christian or St. Agnes or name any other little small private school and tell them, Hey, you know what? You got to start playing four a basketball or you got to play five a football. You know, that's, it's just dumb. And I, I don't have any time for those people. I don't even know why I'm ranting about it, but <laughs> cause I'm giving them time. They've got, they've rented space in my head clearly. And there's a lot of available room there, but, and, and then they mentioned the R word recruiting. How come it's, you know, it's not fair. And I always tell people, I stress this, the rules are the same for private schools and public schools. No school has an advantage. Can rules be bent or broken? Sure. Sure they sure they can. The, the, the high school league doesn't have an enforcement division like the NCAA, but 
when a student transfers, you know, basically, I don't want to get into the weeds on this, basically where a student attends school on the first day of ninth grade, that is their school. Seventh and eighth graders can move around and be varsity athletes if they're good enough. But the school you start first day of ninth grade, that's your school. If you transfer schools and you don't have a change of residence, putting this very simply, you sit out for a year of varsity competition. But that's my rant there. It's just, it's, it's silly complaining about private schools, especially when people say every private school must play in the biggest class. That's uh, okay. Here's my, here's my other rant. Enough about that. There was a very minor dust up during the boys basketball tournament. When a website, I'm not going to name it, a website that makes money by getting clicks posted an inaccurate and misleading story. It reported that two basketball bloggers, were denied media credentials to the tournament. The fact is, those two specific basketball bloggers never applied for credentials, so they weren't denied. And besides missing that fact, it's it's pretty normal around the country that bloggers and websites that really focus on recruiting are not considered legitimate media by these organizations uh, involved in high school sports, generally aren't credentialed for state tournaments in, in most of the country. And I know the bloggers mentioned in the story, they're great people. They do great work in in very specific areas. But as far as I know, they don't write game stories. They don't write feature stories. They don't go to the post-game interview room. They mostly focus on individual players and their skills and some X's and O's. I'm not involved at all in who gets media credentials. I don't care one way or another. And I'm really glad I don't work for a website that no matter the facts or truth, fishes for clicks. I, I don't think I could do that. But okay, end of my rant. Jace, would you like to add anything on either of my rants before we start uh, mentioning our sponsors? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm with you on the private school thing for sure. Um, you know, like I, I don't feel like I know enough to comment too much on the the blogging part of it. Um, but uh, the the private schools, you know, like you mentioned, like St. Agnes, like some of these schools, like, you know, they, they have to like really battle to field enough athletes for their teams on any given year you know like i know new life academy softball maybe is one of these like it's a small private school and they had a lot of success in like softball for a couple years because they just had a talented crop of kids and that's just it just worked out that way and then their coach mcramey back then like literally would have to stock the hallways to try to get other kids to sign up so they would have 11 girls um and then and then he retired and frankly they didn't even have a team for a few years because it's just like that at so many of these private schools so you're right like putting it in putting all private schools into the same basket is ridiculous and then also like the private schools and the recruiting like i think we could point out quite a few schools where kids don't necessarily live in that town but they just started their high school career there um so they're allowed to to go to school and play there and that's it's all kosher uh, per the rules so you know just thinking that the private schools do certain things and whatnot and and public schools are entirely separate it, it's not accurate it's not and another thing i didn't mention was in some states they have what they call maybe a success formula that's a term i've heard where over sure. a number of years if a school does very well like a school will accumulate points on how far it advances in the postseason and if a school gets to state championship games in whatever specific sport you know x number of years or gets to state x number of years 
if the points are there, they have to move up, you know, for, for X number of years. And I don't, I don't think we're seriously thinking about that in Minnesota. I don't think it's a big enough issue that we need to, you know, it's not an, it's not a big thing that people are belly aching about all the time. The private schools don't dominate, you know, every sport. It's just in some sports, there's specific schools. You mentioned new life Academy softball, the new life Academy boys basketball team was at state. Uh, that might have been the first time they've ever been there. They did a great job. They've got a young coach, and uh, it's really fun watching them play. That's kind of the – to me, that's kind of the standard. We'll see a private school pop up every once in a while and look at any specific public school. Every once in a while, they'll send a team to state. It's uh, this, this isn't, you know, the New York Yankees here. We don't have uh, much of that there. But, uh, yeah, two good rants. I'm pretty happy with my rants. I'm happy with your uh, – addition to my rants, let's take a moment and thank our sponsors briefly here. Uh, this week uh, this week has marked the opening of Twin Cities Orthopedics' new state-of-the-art clinic in Brooklyn Park. It's now open for business. It's part of the 610 Crossings development north of the 610 off-ramp south of 96th Avenue North. Patients will not only have access to first-class orthopedic care, advanced imaging and MRI, but physical therapy, hand therapy, and pelvic health therapy as well. Uh, we mentioned Park Center here earlier, Jace, talking about their first uh, boys basketball state championship. The, the top player on that team is Braden Carrington, who was named Mr. Basketball in Minnesota after the tournament, and he's going to continue his career with the Gophers. I don't think a lot of people know that uh, Braden had an injury that almost that could have kept him off, off the court this year. During AAU basketball, he suffered a, a torn patella tendon, Initially, he tried to keep playing, but the pain the pain was really something, I guess. So Park Center partners with Twin Cities Orthopedic, Park Center High School. So Braden's athletic trainer there at school sent him to TCO for physical therapy, and it literally saved his senior season. Not only did the therapy allow Braden to get back to 100%, but he kept doing sessions during the season to make sure that knee remained strong and he didn't get, get further injured. And we can't wait to watch Braden uh, next season with the Gophers. Make sure to check out the video of Braden's story. Go to any of the Twin Cities orthopedic social media channels. There's a really good video talking about Braden and, and what he did there and what TCO did for him. And uh, there's going to be a grand opening of that TCO Brooklyn Park uh, site on Saturday, May 21st from 11 to 2. It's a family-friendly event, free and open to the public. The highlights include an appearance from the Minnesota Vikings mascot, Victor, Vikings cheerleaders, the Skullline, a very special guest who will be announced soon. The first 150 people there will receive a, a sideline swag bag. There's going to be Vikings memorabilia that you can win. There'll be tours of the facility, games and activities for all ages. And uh, what do you know? The Pizza Barn food truck is going to be there. And a live preps today with John Malay show will air from that site. We can't wait for that. And speaking of the Pizza Barn food truck, let's thank our longtime sponsor, the Pizza Barn in Princeton, pizzabarnprinceton.com. As the snow continues to melt, and at least down here in the metro, it's gone. It's just wet right now. We're talking on a Wednesday afternoon. It's wet and cold. But the food truck season is picking up. Join the Pizza Barn food truck this Sunday from 10 to 4. At the Pinewood Wedding and Event Center just west of Cambridge for a spring shopping event. And remember that the Pizza Barn in downtown Downtown Princeton has everything you like on its menu, and I mean everything, including their famous lunch buffet Mondays through Friday from 1130 to 130. 
And if you're interested in having one of these pizza barn food trucks, there's two of them now. They're growing. Uh, they will come to you. They're taking bookings for things like grad parties, reunions, weddings, anything along those lines. The pizza barn will do the work. They'll get everything ready. They'll drive to your event. You can find contact information at the website, pizzabarnprinceton.com, and they will answer all your questions. So uh, once Jim gets back from the Masters and we settle into spring, we'll definitely line up another live podcast from the pizza barn in downtown Princeton. We have so much fun when we're there with our friend Jody Stay and the great Pizza Barn crew, thanks to them. Um, I want to talk a little bit, Jace, about uh, something I wrote a couple days after the tournaments were over. It was it had to do with racism and bigotry and how it affected some of the teams, uh, particularly at the boys' basketball tournament. You know, we sometimes dance around these things, especially on the high school level, but we, we need to bring these out into the open. And the story kind of stemmed from Minneapolis North coach, Larry McKenzie. He, he brought this up in the post-game press conference after the Polars lost to Annandale in the two-way championship game. Larry's been around a long time, uh, won a lot of state championships, first at Minneapolis Henry, and now he's won a couple at North. Uh, this guy really cares about his players. And he talked about what they've been through, uh, you know, from COVID starting two years ago, all the time out of school, to the murder of their teammate, Deshaun Hill, in February, to the recent teacher strike that closed schools in Minneapolis. And the, the last straw was kind of Friday night after North won in the semifinals. This really vile social media message was sent to one of the North players uh, who passed it on to Larry. And, and uh, it, it, Larry was really emotional just talking about what his kids have been through. And, and I had tears in my eyes listening to him. I've never seen anything like it. And I, I kind of wrote about that in the piece on John's journal. And then that night, Saturday night after Park Center won the, won the 4A tell, I asked James Ware, the Park Center coach, a great young coach, about some of the things Larry had mentioned. And and James said he's never talked about this during the season, but he, he basically lost track of how many times at games his kids heard the N-word. And, and I don't know what the answers are to this, Jace. I mean, we, we need to call out racism and bigotry uh, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. You have any thoughts about this? Yeah. I mean, just mostly that we've seen here over this winter sports season, particularly like we'd heard stories of it, you know, from other sports instances, schools around the Metro around the state, whatever, um, of, of these types of interest of these types of instances, you know, of, of racism, racist comments, whatever the case may be. And it just seems like it's popping up more and more. Like you'd like to think we're moving in the opposite direction, but it doesn't feel like that very often. Um, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's these kids, it's these high school kids making these comments, writing these notes, whatever the case may be like, it's awful. Um, and something that has to be done, I think at the community level, I mean, in these schools, like maybe, maybe it needs to become a more of a, something where, you know, a lot of kids would sit there in class and think, well, yeah, I know this. I would never think or say anything like this, but maybe like it doesn't need to become more part of curriculum just so like every kid has to sit, you know, and sit there and listen to it and hear about it. And, um, because what's happening right now is not okay. Um, it's, it's awful, frankly, it's vile and it's, it's incredibly disappointing that we're still here at this point where if anything, it's almost reemerging um, because it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's very sad and something has to be done. You're right now. What exactly is the right answer? I don't know, but hope we get hope we find it soon. Yeah. I think, I think shining lights on it, that helps uh, gets everybody thinking about it. And Larry McKenzie made a great point. You know, the, the, the kid who sent this really vile message uh, 
was from Chocayo, Alberta, and, and North had defeated Morris area, Chocayo, Alberta in the semis. And, and uh, I know people in our office were talking to administrators at that school and, and at North right away, as soon as we found out about this. And, and I don't know what was done, whatever was done isn't going to be, be made public, but Larry made a great point. He said, the young man, the high school student who sent this message, where did he learn that? Has he done this before? Will he do this again? You know, these the kids just don't come up with these things themselves. He's learning this somewhere. I don't know the answer to that. You know, we're not going to, we're you know, it's it's a per, kind of a personal thing in families and homes, and it's very distressing, very sad, and uh, hopefully we'll be in a better place in the future. Uh, uh, again, you know, guys like you and me, we don't have answers, but I think we're willing to do whatever we can. So let's hope, let's hope for better days ahead. Speaking of better days ahead, spring sports are technically underway in Minnesota, but this week has been almost a total washout. You know, I was out in California and looking at Twitter every day, every, you know, basically everything's canceled. There's no, there's nothing going on when it's this wet. Um, I wore a light jacket one evening where I was, it was beautiful. The grass is green and the, and the trees are green, but it's, it's a little different out there. Um, but uh, as soon as we got off the plane Tuesday night, you know, we felt that cold and wet. Here we are back home. And, you know, it's it's but this kind of weather right now, this is not abnormal. We've all been through this and the forecast looks to be better. Everyone's going to be able to get outdoors for baseball and softball and golf and track and field and lacrosse, and tennis. We're going to get there. Patience is paramount in the spring. And, you know, before the days of COVID, you, you know, people got all bent out of shape because, we had bad weather in the spring and games had to be moved. Well, <laughs> after what we've been through, this is nobody bats an eye at this kind of stuff. And, and I know you're busy with the Timberwolves and lots of things, Jace. And uh, you're not looking for high school things to cover this week anyway, I would assume. And not that there's anything happening now. In fact, my wife asked me today if I had any plans this week. And I said, not until Friday, probably at the earliest. And I got a text from somebody back here who was asking me how my trip was going and and when was I coming back? I said, well, we'll be home Tuesday night. And the the reply to that was, you shouldn't come home till Thursday night because <laughs> the weather's not not very good. But, you know, with spring sports, Jace, I know you'll agree with me. Spring sports is kind of a laid back season anyway. We don't have the big crowds. We don't have the big tournaments. And it's it's just it's it's. To me, it's enjoyable. I'll go take my lawn chair and sit at a softball game and kind of chat with people and relax or go to a track meet and hang around. I, I really like the spring. I don't know how much you get out now with the Timberwolves and everything else. You're busy, but have you have you made any spring sports plans here? Not yet. And this is actually kind of a weird year in that the Timberwolves are going to play in postseason. Generally, the second week of April, they're done. Um, so there's plenty of time. Uh, maybe we'll be a little bit less this year. Hopefully I can still get out to a few things prior to all the postseason action, um, state tournaments and sections and whatnot. But yeah, like it's well, first thing you mentioned, like this is April in Minnesota. This is what it is. Um, frankly, we're lucky that there's not snow on the ground. That's just kind of how it always plays out. Um, and up and, north, there is snow. I mean, 10 inches exactly, snow right. up there. Good grief. Right. Yeah, yep. Good luck. Yeah. So us in the Metro are lucky, frankly. Um, and, you know, maybe you can get some track and field stuff going here and whatnot, but it is so wet. Uh, but yeah, it is super laid back. I mean, it's certainly there are some athletes uh, who, you know, like, yes, this is their sport. This is their favorite sport, best sport, only sport, sport they're going to play in college, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and all the coaches and athletes take it seriously and want to win and perform to their best for sure. But it always has that feeling of like, 
everybody is just enjoying the weather getting nicer. They're just enjoying the chance to spend time outside, you know, like, and, and especially like in the regular season contest, it's like, isn't this great? Even if your baseball team is losing seven, three or whatever. Right. Um, You're outside so, in nice weather. Yeah, exactly. I, I just feel like every, everything's really positive for the most part. And, uh, it's, it's one of the good parts about spring sport and certainly for like some senior athletes, you know, senioritis maybe steps in a little bit and your mind's in a million different places and whatnot. But I like spring sports uh, for that reason. And, and it does kind of stink that they always get the shorter end of the stick as far as schedule because their season gets pushed back so much, but it is just kind of what it is and we all have to deal with it. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and, and, you know, two years ago we did not have any spring sports. So that was the worst of the whole pandemic to me when, all those kids and all those teams didn't have a season. So I don't think anybody's too upset about, you know, a little delay here and there. And it, it always amazes me this time of year, the difference in, in the field conditions from Northern Minnesota to Southern Minnesota, you know, during one of the, I think it was one of the hockey tournaments. I was talking to somebody from Laverne. They had no snow on the ground. Their feet, their, you know, outdoor fields were in really good shape. And then talking to somebody from, I think, Roseau, and they had, you know, 12 inches of snow on the ground. And it's just, I always love it when teams or kids from far northern Minnesota do really well and get to state. Because you talk about a short spring season, man, up there. I mean, they didn't have school. I think, I think today we're talking on Wednesday. I think in Duluth, they didn't have school because there's so much snow today so let's uh hope for better things uh and let's wrap up the show here i'm going to mention our most valuable teammate then i'm going to thank everybody uh robert brown is a senior basketball player at st paul central a four-year starter who touches everyone's spirit with his determination and love for basketball robert has gained gained fans from st paul minneapolis buffalo and all the way to bayfield wisconsin during his high school career when he's on the court, his energy's infectious and rubs off on those around him. Congrats to Robert Brown from St. Paul Central on being this week's most valuable teammate. Uh, that's the show for this week, everybody. Remember that the Talk North Network has lots of great podcasts on topics that focus on sports and far beyond. Subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Let's thank Jace Frederick, a good guy whose great work can be found in the Pioneer Press, as well as on Twitter at at Jace Frederick. Jace, thanks so much. Any any parting words for us? No, uh, thanks so much for having me, John. <laughs> I always appreciate doing this, and uh, let's just let's let's get this weather a little bit warmer here. Huh? Let's do it. I want to see you at a ball game or a track meet or a soccer. Or I guess it's not soccer, lacrosse or wherever. I know I'll see you. Before long, it's always fun hanging out with you in person at games and tournaments. So thanks a lot. Let's thank our talented producer, Brianne Burdett, and our great sponsors, Pizza Barn and Twin Cities Orthopedics. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. 